Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. I'm Brian. I'm here with BJ. Hey, what's up? Jared. Hi. And Pat. What's going on? So, Oral, as is not tradition, but certainly has happened before, is coming from another engagement and is running a bit behind schedule, but we must keep the trains running on time in Trump's America. So Ugh. we will God. start without him, and no. he, he might jump in at some point. No. Listen, he's going to make America great again. No. And you start that with prompt appearances, and even if it's just a podcast. So if you've never listened to us before, and we, we do welcome our new listeners. I heard today about at least one new listener, and then the other day on social media is another new listener, both of which we know and have known for a while and somehow have never listened before. and. We realize that we're not doing a good job of convincing our friends to listen to our podcast. Well, so I think I figured out the, the secret formula is that I have to find like my thirst trap friends and get them to reblog it and repost it. And then the people that want to sleep with them will listen. Oh, you don't know what a thirst trap is? I, I was trying to work that out as you as you talked and making faces at Jared and he was giving me nothing. <laughs> Did you know what thirst trap was, Jared? No, I don't. Well, Please tell me about it. It's it's. I mean, it's almost like baiting. Like. It's the bears who post shit. Well, it doesn't have to be bears, but it's the people who post stuff on Instagram and the Tumblr to try to attract, to quench their thirst, to, to attract the thirsty. Yeah, thirst trap. Okay. Okay. I, I see this now. Okay. Yeah, it's like so. it's like if you knew this dude was into like this type of person, dressed this sort of way, you would do everything in your power to make your Instagram look like that so then that way they notice you more so you're being a thirst trap okay i think that's like bear 
search engine optimization. I don't know. Kind of. It's kind so, of an SEO. BSEO. 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 But it's working out really well because just over this past, because another person messaged me right after um, the uh, the friend of mine we, we had brunch with today was like, oh, I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, I sent that to you a year ago. He was like, yeah, but this other guy reposted about it. And I was like, uh-huh. Oh, well, that's good. So that's I was nice. like, oh, so now I figured out the secret formula is I just got to get my hotter friends to post about it, and then everybody will know about it. <laughs> yeah, so please uh, Snapchat us to your favorite friends. We're actually going to talk about Tripod, which is a uh, social media movement to get more people listening to podcasts. We'll talk about that later in the show. But we are Gay Geeky Podcast. We're here to talk about all things gay and geeky, somewhere in the intersection of those two things. That's what we do. We are here to start... With some pop culture in the news, um, every now and again our show uh, tries to cycle in some new and current things in addition to the media that we consume. Um, and there's a couple things that have come up recently that I think are worth mentioning. And this first one, uh, did I say thirst one or first? I, uh, I, I'm sorry if my uh, F's and TH's don't come out really well. Um, is about a thing near and dear to us here in Orlando uh, Disney uh. and their use of a representation of our of our people, if you will, uh, in a new movie that is based on a not so new movie that is also based on a not so new musical, but slightly newer than the not so new movie, and that's Beauty and the Beast. Um, I do not know what this musical. I, I know what it's about. Obviously, I've seen the Disney animated Beauty and the Beast, but I don't know about this character. I don't remember enough. Is he in the Original source is yeah. he in the musical? Is he a gay character? Well, What's his name? Um, LeFou. I mean, LeFou is in, kind of a. He's in the animated film. Okay. Yeah. Um, is he a fop? Is it very? No, he's a chubby little sidekick guy. He's Joshua a big, Gad. He's he's basically. a big dick writer, is what we called him back in high school. What big dick writer? Yeah, dick writers. The pretty much <clears throat> when you had like. You see this in like animated series all the time. There's the big giant bully, and then there's the little small one that's like, oh. "Yeah, man, get him." Yeah, yeah. You call those dick riders. Dick riders. Um, okay. okay. And sure. so he's Gaston's dick rider, and also known as a hype man, maybe. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's actually pro- that's probably a better representation. I mean, I man. like your terminology. These are interesting things I'm learning about. <laughs> I'm learning. You could all learn this uh, today. So, so LeFou is a is a hype man for Gaston. Mm-hmm. And he is played by Josh Gad, I believe. That's, yep. Okay. And Disney has what? Did they publicly comment and say, "Yeah, oh yeah, he's totally gay." So yeah, it was it was commented that there somebody said like, "Will there be a gay character in this movie?" And it was somebody tied to the movie. And they announced that LeFou is is gay, but that's pretty much all they really announced. And they said it'll probably be like a little post credit thing where it's kind of quote unquote revealed. Or is it revealed? Uh, no, no, okay. no. Oh, sorry. no. Sorry. Okay. Wrong show. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, okay. So, but but I mean, in the, in the movie, in the in the story, he's he's not a bad guy exactly, but he's not exactly aligned with the the winning team or or the, the the ones we're rooting for. So, is there a problem having representation in this way of a sort of a negative character? I mean, I'm asking a question. I don't know that I have a strong opinion either way. Jared, you're making a face. I don't know. It's just it's it's. He's not that impactful of, right. of a character, yeah. so it's like saying, "Oh, some some 
uh, furniture character off on the side. He was a homosexual. Yes, yes. <laughs> pay attention to him. Yeah, and and like the the thing for me is, <clears throat> and they could play this off differently. Mm-hmm. They could they could they he he could be like mm, Gaston kind of sucks, and then he'll go like marry the baker. Um, okay. So we don't exactly know how they're going to play this off. A lot of people are just assuming that it's like the gay dude, like lusting after their straight guy. And Disney's had some really good representation in some of their TV shows and everything. Um, good luck. Uh, good luck. Charlie had uh, the main character competing with a mother at the daycare center. And it turns out that she has a wife, you know, and, uh, even Star versus the Forces of Evil, um, Star goes to a concert, and it turns out like this. I think it's like a it's like a very poppy music group. It turns out that the music group is very a, a lot of gay people like it because she looks around and everybody's making out, and a lot of them are same sex oh, char- okay. like background characters. Okay, so it's it's little things like that that I that I like that that, that kind of representation that mm. Disney's doing. Mm. Um, it's just LeFou seems like a really weird... Like, he's not really a main... You're right. He's just kind of this furniture character. And they're yeah. like, oh, by the way. So also, would, also characters in this movie are also furniture. I, I don't know oh, if that... Oh, nice. You know, would, well played. Right? Yeah. And I feel... <laughs> that was unintentional. Did you want to mention the um, scary pop vinyl figure that you saw? Oh, you God. Um, so they released... So I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the Emma Watson Bell figurine with the five head. Yes, the are you talking about the the doll? Or? Yeah, yeah, the doll. I, yeah, I think this, this helped put it out. There was a, there was a fellow who was posting that he was like re touching touching up the the doll sculpt so it looks a little more um, human, pleasing, pleasing, less yeah. less pinky in the brain. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. But I was also referring to the um the, the what's the tea kettle's character? Uh, Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts. Yeah. So Mrs. Potts and Chips they 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 put out a a dual pop vinyl. So you've got Chip, which is a, a mini one mm-hmm. in the box, mm-hmm. and you have Mrs. Potts. And they look all right. Like, they look more like actual teapot. The problem is they have these giant black soulless eyes. Oh, that's all the pop vinyl but characters, the, though. But, but these it's on ones, white. It's on, like, an off-white color, so it really, like, looks It's nice dead. contrast, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Mi- like Mrs. Potts is going to harvest your soul, and Chip is forever faded to watch. Are you excited now? No. Oh, all right. Well, that's fine. So, uh, Disney's Beauty and the Beast came out what this weekend? I believe is a recording. No, no, I don't think it's out. Or yet. Is it coming I, out soon? I think yeah, it's, it's next week. Next week. Okay. From so when we, when we are recording this, we will be seeing it at some point. At least some of us, I believe. Um, but uh, we will have a full review in a few episodes when we're back together as a full cast. It's the only live action that I'm partially excited about. All the other ones. I mean, Jungle Book was a nice little surprise. Um, but, uh, this one, I think really only because Emma Watson's in it Mm -hmm. and in my mind, Emma Watson can literally do no wrong. So. Oh, good. We'll check it out. Now, another thing that happened recently is the Oscars. Yes. I did not watch the Oscars real time. I only caught little bits and pieces of the, uh, the ending, including, um, the great cock up of, uh, of, uh, Moonlight versus, uh, what was the other movie? La La Land. La La Land. Yes. La La Land. Yes. I I left just before that oh. had happened. <laughs> uh, I was invited to an Oscar party, and uh, oh. um, I I 
bid good night and went to bed. And I mean, it was late. Usually these yes. Oscars go at least until like 1145 or yep. maybe even midnight. Yep. So this was towards the very end. And I mean, we don't need to go rehashing this, but um, I was certainly pleased with the outcome not having seen either movie. I'm definitely excited that Moonlight got the representation or the recognition that it got mm-hmm. for being a good movie, but also having a good representation. Oh, yeah. Um, did we talk about Moonlight on this show? No, we I don't, haven't. No, we have not. Have, I have not seen it. Mm. Have you guys seen it yet? I have not seen it. Yeah. I have. Okay. Um, and we can save this for another day. But I definitely think Oral would want to be a part of this. You, you would say that it was well-deserved. He it, hasn't seen it yet. Oh, You should yeah, fix that. He, he keeps oh, trying man. to... Yeah, it's, 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 I can't wait to rub that in his face. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be great. I do love that the producers of La La Land were very gracious and... Uh, very uh, eager to make the correction that they perceived. Good. Good. Um, so yeah, that was fun. I mean, it was um, epically awkward. Like I never. Part of me was like, "No, why like, would you tarnish this like with Steve Harvey levels?" Oh no, oh, it was it was I mean, worse. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody from La La Land was on the stage, and they had already had, done the acceptance speech. They had already done their acceptance speech, and then somebody um, was it Jimmy Kimmel came running out and was like. No, no, guys. Seriously, Moonlight won. La La Land did not it was win. The, it was the producer from from La La Land that corrected it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's like, "Look, here's the card. There's that famous image that's been now repurposed mm-hmm. for the internet mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. you know him holding a card that says, Look, it's Moonlight.' Um, so yeah, I mean, it's weird. That whole kind of thing is very weird, especially the history of <clears throat> representation in the Oscars and." Earlier in the evening, of course, uh, of great victory that Viola Davis uh, won for Best uh, Actress. Yes. Yes. She got her trifecta. Which, thankfully, um, well-deserved, of course. Oh, it was for Hidden Figures, right? Was it yes. for Hidden Figures? Yeah. No. No. What was it, it was for? for Fences. No, I think she got one for Suicide Squad. No, no, she did not. No, Suicide Squad got like, best Wait, makeup. Wait, hold on. Oh, Suicide Squad got best makeup. Yes. Wait, now, Viola Davis. Oscar, now Oscar-winning <laughs> film, Suicide oh, Squad. Geez, don't even start, don't even start right? with that. So I, I don't want to be mistaken about this. Viola Davis was in, because we made this whole joke last She was episode. in Fences. Hid, hidden Fences. She was in Hidden she Fences. Hidden fences. Fences, not Hidden Fences. Damn it, see? This is, <laughs> this is the problem. It, oh, it becomes man. real in the, in the brain. So well-deserved. I'm really glad. I have not seen that movie either. I did see Hidden Figures. And I was like, wait a minute, Viola Davis was not in that film. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing? What's going on? So, all right. So, great. Glad she got it. Glad that the Oscars uh, gave Moonlight a great win. And it sounded like La La Land got lots of recognition anyway. So, whatever. They did fine. Um, do we think the Oscars were diminished because of this? I don't think so. I, that was a question I know we asked in the notes. But I don't. I mean, it, people make it's, mistakes. It it's, happens. It's the Oscars. Yeah. You know, yeah. People over, you know, were visibly... Um, you know, stirred by the end of the Oscars, but of course, you know the the entire uh, night leading up to it is like political speech, political speech, political speech, and that happens every year. Well, so, right. Yeah. I mean, no matter well, what. Year. What I love about this mess, I read an article, and the title was something like the the Oscars screw up proves that the universe is a hologram, and it's the whole theory that. In the last year, with all the deaths and the political craziness Mm -hmm. and this and some other things, Mm -hmm. like the universe as a simulation idea has gotten even more credence that basically someone is just fucking with the ant farm. They're taking the ant farm and they're shaking it up and down. They're taking the Sims controls that, that control us and just tweaking the knobs like 
you know, normally we would do this, but we're going to just swerve the other way. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always been enamored with that idea that we're all basically simulations in this shared life experience. Uh, so, like, when I read that article, it just made my day. And it, it was, it was I, I would love to sit and dissect this idea further <laughs> for another conversation. <laughs> oh, well, it's fine. That'll be yes. fine. I, I will give you a book called The Physics of Immortality. I don't want to read that. Oh, no. it's great, though. You would love Maybe it. Maybe Audible has it. You can do audio, but maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. I, I don't know if I'd do that. Um, so anyway, I just I had to share. That's certainly something that this reminded me about. Well, it certainly makes sense. But the the funny thing is, is I've always felt the absurdity of the universe, but not until this year is everybody feeling it. And it's kind of it's kind of great watching everybody kind of run through the streets, the streets, the streets. Like, mm. oh my God, what's going on? The world's upside down. It's crazy. And I'm like. Yes. History, by gold. History yes, is cyclical. By gold, by gold, by, <laughs> by gold. By gold, by gold. History is cyclical. So um, we, we'll, we'll, we'll table the rest of the Oscar stuff. I mean, you know, we may come back to Moonlight at some point when more people have seen it. And mm-hmm. I certainly would like to see that and La La Land both because mm-hmm. I've heard they're both really good. But movies that we have seen um, do not all include Logan because uh, only a few of us have seen this lovely movie. I have seen it. Let me just ask you this. But what we're going to do with this, <laughs> we're going to do a deeper dive. I think we're going to do a full micro about Logan. Deeper yeah. dive, dive, dive. Did you enjoy it? Yes. All right. Would you say it is apart from, and, and I know that you don't have a huge fondness for like superheroes and Wolverine and all that. Would you say that overall it was an enjoyable and good movie? For somebody who is not deeply invested in the Marvel Universe, I absolutely love that film. That's really good. I'm really happy to hear that because the trailer certainly set an expectation there, that I hoped would be. Um, there were certain parts of the film that struck me a lot deeper than I would say the average moviegoer. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, oh. I, I forget the name of the film. I think it's Comeback Shane or something like that. But it's 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 uh, played in in the film, and then it's called back. It's called back later in the film, and oh. I am it's just waterworks because oh, wow. uh, yeah. it was my father's like one of my father's. Oh favorite my movies, goodness! So. Well, no wonder this was very uh, t- important to you. So, uh, and Oral's of course not here to talk about it as well. But we will come back and revisit this in a future episode. So don't worry, we're going to talk about it. Just. Not quite yet. When, when I we, liked it too, Brian. Well, I figured you did. Oh, okay. Jared Jared is the, and I'm not saying you're not picky. I'm Jared. not oh, saying okay. you're not picky. Jared's oh, the straight man in the room. <laughs> that is almost never the case. I don't know. Jared kind of has the, I would say, the sort of uh, non-comic book appreciation. He's... He's our art house queer. I, I didn't want to call it that, but I mean, <laughs> the face you just he, made was he, perfect. Yeah, I, yeah. The, anyway. the art house queer. Thank so, you. Thank you. Um, now, a movie you guys did see was Get Out. Yes. Yes. So yes. I would like to know, and we are going to spoil. I don't know. Do you feel like it's necessary to spoil it? Because there does seem to be a bit of a thing that you could not talk about. But I don't want to. You guys talk about what you want. Put it this way: if you. Are worried about being spoiled about this. You may skip ahead a few yeah, sec, a few yeah. minutes or so. I, I actually, I think the like, there's there's a twist in the movie that is not even like what you think the movie is about. You're correct, and then it shoots into into outer space, and you're like, "Say what now?" Nice. Um, because the hypnotism thing is is very much prevalent in there, mm-hmm. but why the hypnotism thing is going on? Yeah, everything's relevant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, 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 now the, the, what is it? Um, it was done by, um, Peel. 
of Key and Peele. Yep. Yes. Um, Wait, really? Yep. Yeah, it was directed. Yep. Oh, I have him. no idea. That's amazing. So, so That's here's the so weird cool. thing about the movie: is it was supposed to be a comedy, like it was legitimately supposed to be a sort of horror comedy. But mm-hmm. the writers, apparently, when they finished writing it, they were like, "Oh God, this is fucking horrifying." And so Peel was like, "Okay, we'll just we'll just do it like a, a thriller. We'll just we're just gonna go hard." Hard, like he called it a socio thriller in an interview. Well, and he wants to do a whole series of these, evidently. Yes, yeah. which it's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, it like like cultural appropriation, um, like all. I mean, I could I could list literally everything it touches on, but like cultural appropriation is probably the one that made yeah. me sit there and go, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Um. <sighs> Well, well, we'll go ahead and just spoil the the film, but it's it's essentially they're harvesting black people for being uh, vehicles for white people's brains. Soylent black? Yes. No, I was, I was before you before you went. I was going to make a soylent joke. Soylent greens. Oh no. no, 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 no! Sorry, it's sorry. it's clearly they 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 want to essentially swap bodies, or they not even swap bodies. They just move their minds. So because they they acknowledge that. These these black people, they're they're so much stronger and better suited for for certain things, and you you can hear that in their dialogue. When mm-hmm. uh, what's what's the character's name? Oh, uh, which what well, which one? The, um, uh, the the central character. Um, is it? Oh my god, Scott. Oh, whatever, whatever his name is. Okay, but he's first introduced to all the friends of his girlfriend's parents, and they're all just making these very kind of like. Uh, creepy just really creepy things but to them that doesn't seem creepy at all and right. then it's like oh my god it's like i'm sitting in winter park again and oh. for the plush museum. Ah, ah. yes it's <laughs> just these very strange things that come out of their mouths and mm-hmm. like to a normal person this sounds really fucked up but in their circle it's like oh it's just normal oh this is this is what i say all the time mm-hmm. which is one of the things <laughs> that a lot, a lot of us deal with where it's just like, no, no, it's he's not that way. That's just how he talks. And you're like, okay, like I mean, literally every every cringeworthy moment in the movie to me was slightly horrifying because I'm like, oh god, I've been through that. Oh, oh god, I've been through that. Oh my god, I've seen that. Wow. And it's, and it's like, and the, that's the whole thing where they have to suppress. Your, so, like, let's say I go into Winter Park, um, and I go meet my boyfriend's family, and the whole process is they suppress your mind. They put your mind to sleep, essentially. They go into the deep place. The deep place. Oh. From there, they strap you to an operating table and put pieces of the new, the the new personality into your physical brain. Uh huh. And then from there, the other person takes over. Okay. So at some point, they're kind of both in there, but one's the dominant. Is that how this uh-huh. is? Yep. Ooh. The white people drive and the black people are the car. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. Wow. The, wh- the white people suppress the black people oh, mentally. That's great. And then move in. That's fabulous. I mean, it's horrible. It's a horror movie. But I love the the use of that kind of science fiction horror concept to, yeah that's great oh it t- that's great it t- i mean and it touches on a lot of things it's and it is super uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> oh now i now i gotta see it i mean oh, I, yeah. I was interested before and i didn't even know it was peel but now that i know that and yeah. what you guys are telling me this sounds great and, and, and i think it's the closest thing to a, i mean 
it's it's I almost don't like a socio thriller is kind of accurate. But like, because the it's way it horror was, satire, horror satire. Yeah, it's it's well, but like it's what's, hard horror. What the the TSA friend, like his best friend in, right. the, in the film, like he's the only one who's like sensitive to the whole like horror tropes, or it's like they <laughs> they sell them as sex slaves. <laughs> yeah, that's what his, his friend pretty much tells him. Like, oh, they're just gonna make you a sex slave, like a, like this black sex slave that hangs out, and and it's and it's funny because his. Like throughout the movie, you kind of look at his. You start looking at his friend like, "This is the goofy guy, whatever." And then, like, by the end of the movie, he's pretty much the one that saves him. And you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, the one person you thought that was pretty much useless is the only person. Like, he goes to the cops, and the cops laugh at him. The cops don't take him seriously. I'm like, "All right, this is like." At one point, I was like, "This is this is hitting way too close to home for me." Wow. But it was astounding. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's a must-see, though. It's a must-see. It yes. is a must-see. Yes. Um, so, and there's a bunch of movies coming out soon. I'm very excited still about Ghost in the Shell, although I'm getting more and more nervous as I find out more and more about the plot that they've just completely screwed this up. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I'm still keeping my hopes up. Optimism, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'll go into it with guarded optimism. Um, so, yeah, those are the movies I think we are interested in talking about. Uh, television. There's been a lot more new TV going on. Oh my god! So um, much. Mm. Um, the shows that I am uh, really blown away by right now. Um, we'll, we'll 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 come back to one of those new news items because I want to I want to keep that a, a little bit separate. Um, Legion. I want to talk a little bit about Legion now. My brother is also watching this show. Um, I believe Pat, myself, and my brother are. The most current. Okay. Now, what I will say about this show, there is something in it that we speculated about, I believe, in the last full episode. And it's the character of the blob. Yellow-eyed devil. Yellow-eyed devil, yes. Uh. The the theories that were put forward, um, I think now they have pretty much... It's it's pretty it's confirmed. much confirmed okay. that it's, it's um, again we're spoiling this so if you don't want to know of course skip ahead uh, it's the Shadow King the Shadow King and the Shadow oh. King is a, were, you, were you here I thought you were here because it was like it was like Mojo or the Shadow yeah. King because mm-hmm. he kind of looks like Mojo but Mojo's too crazy to go with but Shadow King and here's the thing have you gotten to where they talk about the childhood uh, uh, David's childhood and the dog yes did they say what the dog's name was. That I can't remember. They his the dog's name is King, and the dog never existed. Uh oh my god. So and, and and there's more there's more that they build off of it. I mean, basically, as of the last episode, uh, most recent episode, I should say, um, it's been revealed that this is an entity. They haven't they haven't said they are the Shadow King, and they may never because that's maybe too far. That's like too on the nose. But yeah. the idea of the Shadow King as this un, uh, corporeal sort of parasitic uh, consciousness that sort of invades your mind and takes mm-hmm. over, takes you over, mm-hmm. very much is what this thing is. And it's well, see, and the only so I I love the show. I I I, I haven't met a character I don't like. I, I love the plot so far. Have you seen Jermaine Clement's character yet? I don't think no. I don't think I've seen. Oh, him you just wait. <laughs> oh my god. But the the only issue I have with the show is having read a couple of Legion comics, been a little bit familiar with the character. 
and since a lot of it's from his point of view, like, I don't trust anything I'm saying. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't. Like... You shouldn't. And they've already shown in, in maybe... I don't know. I remember where you told me where you're at, but there's already been one character that is in David's memories that isn't really what you think they are. Or yeah. or their their name isn't what they say they are. In fact, in some cases, their whole, their whole person is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, unreliable narrator... Because that David's memories have been altered is very much going on. Yep. So altered and his various neuroses and just like which possibly aren't neuroses and it's yeah. I mean I love it. I mean it's one of those twisty turny sort of things that you can kind of get lost in and and I found myself like at first because uh, I was cleaning my room when I was watching the first episode and I was worried because I was like man I'm not really paying attention to this but. <laughs> Like, if you just, there's like four parts to every episode that if you can just catch those four parts, you're like, oh. Well, and this is the thing about the, the show that I really love. The plot isn't that crazy. I mean, it's interesting. It's dealing with the astral plane. It's dealing with characters that are sort of out there. But at the end of the day, it's the way it's been realized. It's the, the art and the directing and the writing and the acting that, that really brings this whole thing to be something more than just an X-Men comic. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I mean, Noah Hawley has proven himself now with two seasons of Fargo. So I had no doubts that this would be interesting, but I'm very, I'm very amazed at the end of each episode how I feel. Is, is that who's directing it? Noah Hawley's the showrunner. Showrunner. Yeah. Oh. He wrote and directed the first couple uh, episodes. Okay. But I mean, he's a showrunner, so I mean, he's got a team of writers. But oh wow, um, yeah, that's a really good touch on things. He's he's just made. Probably one of the most interesting sort of takes on superheroes, but not. I mean, so there's an element of superhero superheroism that's very in line with mutants, sort of hiding out from the people who want to kill them, get rid of them, cage them, whatever, and then learning to deal with their powers. Like that's very much there. And there's the sort of oddity of some of their powers. You know, there's the very rogue-like character that can swap bodies. Yep. When they when she touches you, there's the uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he's he splits out a, a woman out of him, like that whole thing oh, is yeah. kind of fascinating and really kind of. I don't think I've seen that happen on television, but I'm sure the X Men have done that before. Like, there's a lot of things like that that are really very much X Men mutanty kind of things. Well, weird powers are I, weird powers are kind of my jam. I I, I like it like. Not everybody's going to have a cool superhero yeah. like power. Um, Can't all have optical blasts and tele, tele uh, telekinetics or yeah. telepathy or whatever. I mean, it, like there is what I loved about Grant Morrison's run on the X Men is he really pushed the idea that mutants aren't just these normal-looking people with some special abilities. No, there's some freaky, weird-looking and freaky ability mutants. There has to be. It's genetic mutation. So what was the bird guy? There was like a there was like a guy. No, I know you're talking about. I can't think of his name. And he, and he like and he couldn't even keep the wings on him long enough to fly. Beak. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, I know, Pat. You've been watching it with me. Are you? Uh, are you? Are you a fan of the show overall? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I'm not a big Legion fan, and honestly, it's just kind of been. Weird. <laughs> it's, it's very weird. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a little too weird. A little too weird for me. Yeah, I mean that's definitely one of those. Uh, it's so it's a, it's it's a very much a episodic but um, continuous story, and I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to wrap it and have a definitive ending, or if they're going to try if it's done well. I don't know how it's doing to keep going and do something more with it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But another show. Uh, I'm going to. S- 
skip that one. The uh, CW has been um, frustrating lately. I don't know if Pat agrees with this as much because we both watch these together. And I don't it's, know, BJ, are you watching Flash and Legends? I'm, I'm watching everything. Okay. Um, it's been weird. It's like, I know a lot of people have jumped the Arrow ship. And like... I've never been on the Arrow ship. Arrow, so. it's, it's super weird. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like, Arrow's got a really weird vibe going on. Flash, I have enjoyed it. But the feel, like, there's something that I feel like is lost. Because they're in they're in kind of a darker they're in the darkest timeline they're they're in they're in kind of a darker feel, and I get it for this story, but I don't know it's it like it's super weird like I enjoy it but at the same time I, I'm like I'm okay with the darker element. Mm-hmm. What I have a problem with is the CWization of the show, and it's a CW show, so this isn't a new thing. I think it's just finally really bothering me. Case in point. When are you caught up with the most recent episode? Yes. Okay. So when Barry proposes to Iris and it's very spur of the moment. Yeah. And then they reveal later that well, Wally figures out because he goes to the, the future thing and sees it and sees that there's no wedding ring on her finger and goes, Barry, you just proposed to her to change the timeline because you're afraid of losing her. And I'm sitting there going, I'm not saying that that's not part of it, but I also think Barry, I mean, Barry loves Iris like there's no this is three seasons in I think we get that yeah so I don't think the so so the proposition itself while I'm sure again it had a bit of that in it it's like to me it's a so what and then Iris's reaction to it especially when Barry is laying on the gurney at the end of the episode after just witnessing uh, Wally being sucked away to the speed force that she basically kind of takes that moment to kind of like twist the knife about this whole, yeah. Like I feel like everybody is is behaving hyper emotionally, and I'm not saying that that's not unheard of or not impossible, and certainly not in television. But I feel like the, and I'm not trying to be offensive about soap operas, but the soap opera effect or the the, the sort of the sort of uh, I want to say schmaltzy, but like the feelings, the lots over, of feelings, overabundance of feelings. Um, of the characters, it, it, it short circuits any sense of what I think is believable. But I mean, I no, no I think you know, I, I think know. that's kind of I, I think that's what it is. Over romantically written or something. It, I don't know. Like like it's it, yeah. Oh, it's overly romantic in, in certain spots. Romantic and, and not the you know obvious like oh it's romantic, but in that sort of again that very uh, soap opera esque schmaltzy. You're, you're, schmaltzy. You're, no. I mean, I didn't want yeah yeah. So but yeah, schmaltzy. because because the thing is, you've had we've had three seasons of these characters, and you only have like one or two of them, maybe three at times that are the emotional ones, you know and. And and that's the thing is like, I I started to like Iris. Like I started to like Iris in season two a lot more. I started to like her at the beginning of this season a lot more. Yeah. Um, especially when Barry realizes the things he broke and, and where he broke yeah. her and her dad's relationship because Iris has Which that wonderful bit that of that is completely undone. Like, oh yeah. If that was even a thing for more than an episode, I would be shocked. Like it just. And this is the weird thing about starting out with a flashpoint idea is, yeah, you changed a bunch of stuff, but all of the major stuff, other than, I mean, okay, it's not all the major stuff. Cisco and his being over his brother's death, that whole thing, her relationship with her dad, um, 
I don't remember what else, but like any of those other little character beats, like they're they're well past that. Yeah, right? the the emotional the emotional changes I mean, to the, the new, team are are all gone. You've well, the got new, the physical the changes. The new characters they've brought in, that's something else. But so I guess my problem is and, and by the way, the Gorilla City stuff, that was great. Yeah, that was I, fantastic. I absolutely enjoyed the the two part Gorilla City thing. That was fantastic. Anytime I get Grodd versus the Flash and Savitar, or not Savitar, um, Solovar, Solovar. Sh- so- so- Solovar shows up, and and like all of that was. That's what I want. That's the Flash I'm interested in. I don't need the Flash soap opera. I know it's a CW show. I recognize that's part of it, and it doesn't usually bother me as long as it's kind of ch- kept in balance. But this last episode pushed me past it was, that. It, yeah, it was yeah. The, the 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 second half of the episode kind of pushed my buttons. A um, bit. now I'm very excited about Music Meister. Yes, I don't really. That Dar- Darren Chris, is that his name? Yep. I don't the, have a big the, thing for him. He's the fine. third Glee alumnus. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be fine, but I'm very excited because a lot of the people on the show are Broadway musician actors and all that. So I'm very excited to see them get to do that uh, stuff. Now, Legends, Legends also is about ready to go off. I'm about ready to have a Gotham moment with, with Legends. <laughs> and I'm not going to today. Maybe on a different show, maybe in a different future thing. But the problem with uh, Legends, the Rip Hunter thing, taking him out, hiding him in time, bringing him back, making him evil. Like, okay, fine. Those are not new tropes. All of that's been done before. The last episode, again, I'm coming back with a... I like how evil he is. Oh, yeah. He he is off the rails, like, straight up when he shows back up, like, almost completely murders Sarah. And I'm like... Oh wow, yeah, they're not they're not fucking around. No, no, and that was fine. I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with the whole uh, Knights of Camelot and how Dinah Lance is Lancelot. I'm even okay with that. That's a little far, but I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. okay. I this last episode though, I stopped. I lost track of how many Doctor Who things they ripped off. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, and I know that any show about time travel, you either just completely have to. Divorce yourself from Doctor Who. You know, like, I'm not even going to wink and a nod to the thing. I'm just going to unintentionally maybe reference stuff. Or you just go all in and you just absolutely, you know, go into it. But, I mean, Pat, even when we were watching it and um, the voice of uh, Gideon, or the the, the actress that plays Gideon shows up in, in Rip's head and that whole thing that they did with the Neil Gaiman episode with uh, Idris. And, I mean, like, just... And oh, there was something else that they did that just I I know that the writers know Doctor Who. Like there's no question. They they oh, yeah. made a thing about referencing Doctor Who, probably lovingly. I don't think they're making fun of it at all. But it just highlights how ridiculous American television drama is compared to British. Because like Doctor Who did it so much better. Doctor Who did all of these things they're doing so much better. Yeah. So much less ridiculous, so much less again, sort of schmaltzy. Like the thing uh-huh. with with Rory, I keep calling him Rory, good figure. Uh, Rip going to uh, <laughs> kiss uh, Gideon, uh, that yeah. whole thing. You know, Neil Gaiman's episode with with the TARDIS coming to life played it exactly right. The Doctor's relationship with the TARDIS is not romantic, but there is certainly a sort of a thing. Like, it, and she did kiss him, so that that did happen. I'm not saying that they didn't kiss, but it was a different kind of kiss. It was like. I need to have this experience because I'm in do a body. This now. I can do this now. So it was a playful thing. Whereas this thing with Gideon was this like very American hey. trope of 
kiss me before we all blow up. It was just. I like your face. I just. I can't. I can't even swipe right for Gideon. Oh Jesus. I don't know, <laughs> Pat. Am I? Am I? Am I the only? Am I the only one who? Do you agree with any of this? <laughs> sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I. You. You go into your old man, like crotchety old man, <laughs> shaking a stick. I just kind of back away. I mean, I agree. I think Legends is kind of. I but the entirety of season two for me has been bad. Like it lost its premise and lost its way from the get go. Like once, once the whole thing of Rip Hunter um, needing these people to help save his wife and and kid went away, and the whole time masters and all that stuff was resolved it never really felt like it got back on the tracks for me so even even with the um legion of doom justice society of america is it yeah, JSA? JSA. yeah jsa yeah um which no, i love like all of that just felt they didn't do it right yeah. no it's the, it's it's felt like it's never really kind of gotten a good footing this entire season they, for they me they used jsa as a a jumping off point and they have ex- they've showed these characters but they're not really showing them as the JSA yeah. and even though that first one or two episodes like that opened the season kind of did that it, it, I don't know if you're going to use the JSA it should be more if you're going to call this little cadre of villains the, the Legion of Doom it should be a bit more in scope but but whatever it's it's it has its moments Victor Garber Victor Garber is still amazing and even though he's totally overacting and the guy that plays Rory is also really mm. grown on me, not uh-huh. just the eye candy, mm. but I really actually appreciate him as an actor now. Well, uh, now that now that uh, Wentworth is not there chewing all the scenery, I like miss you him really. So oh, I miss him too. And he's, he's showing up in another couple episodes coming up. But what I I feel like he uh, and I guess I can remember the actor's name. He is like he steals every scene he's in. He does. And, he really and it, does. He didn't before with Wentworth because Wentworth was all over everything. And it wasn't a problem because I love that. But like, I love that Rory is just. I love what he is in the show. He's he's probably my favorite character uh, this season. He's, he's got he's got he's the he's one of the few characters that just consistently gets better. Yes, like from absolutely. where he started to now. Oh yes, I enjoy pretty much almost Heat every wave scene with him. Has never been this interesting in the comics. <laughs> Honest to God, from all the Flash I've read, Heatwave has never been this interesting. All right, so we're gonna move on to television. There's some stuff I wanted to talk about. Oh, we do have one more thing, and that's about RuPaul. As you know, we do a show called Dragons and Spandex. It is a special series within Flame On. So every now and again in the feed, you'll see uh, Dits, dit, Dittens, Dittens, Dittens. No, it just says Dragons and Spandex. Oh, okay, good. So we at one point we called it. Anyway, so Drags and Spandex is about our interviews with drag queens, our discussions with drag queens about what it means to be a drag queen, what it means to be to do drag, and how it relates to superheroes, geeky stuff, whatever. If you've never checked it out, you can go back in the feed. We just interviewed Sonique Love. Um, phenomenal. Great interview. I was sitting back uh, listening to it while it was being recorded and just thoroughly enjoying everything about it. That's only like well, the most previous actually to this. So if you just go back one episode, you can check it out. Um, but part of that is occasionally dipping into the world of RuPaul and they did make a big announcement this week that the new episodes of RuPaul season nine will be on VH1 and then re-aired on Logo. Um, and this has caused a lot of, I guess, this and that on the internet. I don't know. Somewhat. The bigger thing is that it's moved to Friday nights at 8 p.m. 
Yep. That is true. And actually, that affects a lot of the drag race viewing parties that have been previously on other off nights. Because I don't think so. No? I mean, it's during the tail end of happy hour before anything happens on a Friday night. Most bars don't have things going on at 8 okay. or 9 o'clock at night. So it might be a good lead-in then. It's You're yeah. potentially going to get more people out during your happy hour on a Friday and then sticking around for your stuff later in the evening. So, I mean... The, the VH1 move is great for us because we don't have logo anymore and, and we didn't have logo in HD. VH1, I believe, is normally in HD, so that's great. It sucks in this day and age to have a show that is shot in glorious HD but you know looks awful on standard definition. Well, and, and, and VH1, I think, gets to a wider audience. Absolutely. And didn't VH1 give RuPaul a show years ago? Like a long 90s. time ago? Mm-hmm. In the 90s? Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and they're both owned by the same parent company. Logo oh, okay. and VH1 are, are parts of the same thing. Oh, it's, I didn't know. It's not Viacom. It's all Viacom. Is it Viacom? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. MTV, VH1, Logo, yeah. many, many other channels. Oh, okay. what is What is worrisome, and I know, Pat, you told me about this, is the idea that cable companies might be looking to divest themselves of certain channels so this does not portend well for channels like VH, or, uh, Logo. Because basically, other than RuPaul and some other random things they do, Mostly reruns. They don't have a whole lot yeah, to go original on. Original content. Finding <laughs> Prince Charming. Oh, uh, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. The, the uh, gaze of Fire Island. That is a logo uh, show? Okay. Th- that's actually, I think, supposed to be a web series. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no, uh, uh, the A-List? Was, was that not logo oh, for yeah. That was. Yeah. No, that was around the time of like Noah's Ark and all that. Yeah. When they were trying to do they all that programming. They started pretty strongly. They had the big they did. No. show. Well, and they even re-aired the BBC stuff, oh. the cucumber and banana. I <laughs> I, I miss um, Queer as Folk. Uh, no, uh, Alien Boot Camp. It was like their version of Adult Swim. Yes. Wow. I don't think yes. I ever watched that. Yeah. It was yeah. great. It came on late, but it was it was actually really entertaining. I liked. They had like a. a they had a sh- they had a show of like short gay films. Oh, okay. I do remember this. And yeah, they yeah. also had um, what was the other thing? Um, I didn't know it was called Alien Boot Camp. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting name. Mm-hmm. They had um, a small town gay bar. Which, which was like a documentary series. Yes, actually, I've seen that and on Netflix. That was that was actually really good. Um, and I don't know, it, they do they still have it in rerun sometimes. But that one was really really good because it, it showed people that like not everything is nice as Miami or <laughs> New York. Seriously, yeah. Small towns have gay bars. Netflix has um, small town gay bar on uh, the documentary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. I think I watched. It on and there. it is logo. It's the reality series Fire Island. Okay. That's oh, okay. Yeah. So with, uh, with the one bear that they don't let <laughs> into the promotional materials. That. Tisk tisk tisk. Um. So we will be talking about that. I don't think we're doing recaps. Uh. At least not weekly recaps like we did for for All Stars. There's been no. Uh, if you all are very <laughs> excited and want to see that kind of content, I do know one way you can maybe appeal to us. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's through Nerdy money. Show. We very much appreciate our patrons. It's called Right to My Direct PayPal. <laughs> Just like Alaska, you can PayPal me the money. Um, but I, I seriously, it, this is the kind of thing where if you really do enjoy parts of what we do, and like certain people, Ron, basically you want to tell us that, uh, and then also donate some money. Uh, that does change our programming decisions. Give We're not immune to uh, the, the the commerce, the the, the free market, um, supply and demand. You so can, you can buy us. It, I'm not saying Don't they're buying speak us. Don't speak for everybody. 
Jared just costs a little more. Yeah, he's yeah. high class though. <laughs> so he's the art house gang. Cartizan. That's right. Cortison. So <laughs> So basically what I'm saying is if you go to patreon.com slash nerdy show, you can sign up to be a donor. And honestly, this really does make a difference. Every so often when we get money from either a direct uh, donation or a uh, sort of a monthly or bi-monthly uh, uh, payment, it, it really does help. The Nerdy Show Network is not free. They cost them money to run the servers and, and hire uh, audio editors, not that necessarily we hire audio editors or pay our audio Yes, editor. we do, Pat and Brian. Yeah, of course we have a full staff, too. <laughs> I mean, I could fake it. Bitch, where? I mean, he just ate pizza. I would like to so know this. Where? They, they don't know that. I don't care. I'll tell them. <laughs> we would like. I don't to. get paid. <laughs> we, we we would like for Pat to get paid because he does right? get paid. No, I mean the, the support really does mean a lot. And any re any any direct encouragement, whether it's a comment or a email, a voicemail, which we're going to get to here in a little bit, or a Patreon subscription, which could be as little as you want uh, on a recurring basis, it means a lot. So, um, like I said, you know, let us know if you want us to do more. Think of us caps. as a cup of coffee. Oh, God. We don't do tote bags. That's all I'm going to say. I was going to say, we got a lot of Though, flat whites. I found a, a nice pair cafe a lot. of flame-on underwear from back when we went to gay days. Are yeah, you when I cleared, serious? When I cleaned out my closet and went through everything, I found the one last pair of um, flame-on underwear that you guys had from that left over from gay days mm-hmm. that we then took to Bear Bust. That we then put on Charlie Harding. Oh, that's right. We, and we had merchandise yeah, long once, ago. Once ago, well, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Oh my God. Um, but no, so yeah, we do have those someday. We might put them on eBay or something. Who knows? Uh, guess who joined us? Oral's here. Hello, everybody. Hey, you made it. My fuck is what? Uh oh. What did oh, you do? No. Uh, what did you do? Uh, yeah, we we had a little. We have a new addition to the Flame One household. Her name is Madeline Rose. I blame uh, Habit Monsoon. No, no, it's it's the puppy. But uh, this is uh, no, it's Havoc. Havoc is oh, look at that face. I know. So uh, we'll post pictures up on on Facebook. So baby, sorry I'm late. It's all right. It's all right. We're moving on though to the the world of video games. Um, so there was a very big release this last week, two weeks. How long has it been? Probably a week. Switch. Yeah. Merry Switch, everyone. I can't. I live for that sound in the commercials. Unfortunately, the real unit does not make I thought it did. No, it does not. There are things when you're using the, like, you can maybe hear it at some point, but when you, it's it's a sound from the console. It is not a sound that the the, the glorious controller thing makes when you, you switch. I anyway. it did. Um, so, I, uh, I do have an experience to share. Um, <laughs> I said I would never do this ever again. And I ended up going to the midnight release at Best Buy, where I waited for five hours. Now that's actually not bad. That's I not mean, bad. can't even be honest with yourself, can you? <sighs> no. And originally, like I said, I was not doing it. Then my brother said, "Hey, I got to go down and get a pre-order. You should just come down and get in line." I hear they have a lot of non-pre-order. And then I, I kind of looked at Pat, and he had to work, and I was like, "Should I?" And he gave me some encouragement to go do that so so wait you didn't have a pre-order correct so you waited in line just for five hours no i waited in line for three hours to find out if i would get 
a pre-order or not a pre-order. Well, I would be able to get one that night. And then another two hours have pa- had to pass until I actually left the store with you one. You know you could have just pre-ordered it and been done with it. I, missed, I don't know why you pretend like you didn't want it. Right? I missed the pre-order uh, when it had come out. It came out like overnight one night and then I just missed it. And the only thing I am sad, and this is the only time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an appeal to the, the Flame On listener base. Let's say you got the Legend Edition, the Master Edition, whatever the, the edition. The fancy one. The fancy Zeldas. If you got that edition and you say to yourself, self, I don't really need the carrying case for the Switch. If you say this, <laughs> and you would be so generous as to maybe send it to us, I would love you forever. Wow. Because... That is the only thing. I thought it was the soundtrack. And then I saw my brothers, and, I, and now I've been playing Zelda. It's, it's glorious. Look, look at this. Look at Brian whoring himself I'm out. I'm not saying know, I'm right? going to whore myself Jeff, out. Jeff, this is, what you, love. this is what you've done to your brother. This is what you've done to him. And I applaud you, sir. I'm just saying. I applaud you. I would be very, very happy to get one of those from somewhere. I've looked on eBay. They're not cheap. They're like 50 to 60 bucks. And I am not spending that on a freaking carrying case. But you'll have somebody else spend it for you. No, I'm saying if they already spent it and they don't want it. Oh. Key Who? difference. Who says that? I don't know. My coworker actually said he didn't <sighs> like it. And I said, how much do you want for it? I was like, oh, no, it's a, it's a set. I can't. And I'm like, all right, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd buy it off you. He hasn't decided on the amount yet. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so, so the Switch is great. Um, except that there's very few games. So this is the inherent problem. It's a launch title. <laughs> Zelda's a launch title. I know, and I've been playing it probably too much. But the point is, I do feel that Nintendo, if they drop the ball at all, it's that they did not get more developers involved. And that's not a their, own, their, their decision only kind of thing. But I will say, Zelda's amazing. And I know BJ's played a little bit. Um, I don't think we have to tell you if you are as geeky as we think you are, dear listener, that Zelda is a beloved series from way back. And I'm sure if you've been a longtime listener, you know that many of us here are quite in love with the series and have spent a lot of money over the years on this series. I just purchased the Art and Artifacts book. Oh, did you really? Oh, yes. I thought about getting that, too. It looked yes, really good. It's good. It's well worth it. Um so I will only say and confirm pretty much everything you've probably already read or experienced. It is a very good game. It, it, is, it is probably the consummation of all of the Zeldas up through Skyward and then applied to this very open world sort of a sandbox. What do they call them? Skyrim. Skyrim is certainly one yeah, of sandbox. another one. No, but very, sandbox. very Skyrim. And honest to God, I have been pretty much avoiding major plot things in the game just to do things that don't require the plot move forward. I've been going to the various areas, doing the towers, doing the shrines. So like Skyrim. Just having an experience in the world, finding emergent behavior like the dog that you can basically go up to and sort of like, now you can't pet him, but he, he eventually kind of takes a liking to you and then he will mirror some of the things you do, including turning in a circle. Tap. Yes, it'll start making That's pretty that good. Um, the cuckoos attacking a, mo- oh, a, a, a boss. It. If you throw a cuckoo at them and they strike it, and then all of them swarm into you, it, like you can trick them into attacking that's, a cuckoo. That's so meta. That's it's, awesome. It's it's kind yes. of amazing. Um, the 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 rolling the boulders, finding creative ways to blow up the little camps of uh, the monsters. There's endless. There's hours of fun. 
uh, very cartoony sort of antics fun. But I mean, there's so much to do in the game and the music and the, the sort of atmospherics of the game. It's just like living in a Miyazaki anime, mm. but with the Zelda universe around you. So I've been I played, thoroughly. I, uh, I played briefly and uh, I helped Joseph. I helped Joseph get out of a shrine that he didn't know like <laughs> how to deal with. He's like, I've been here for hours. I'm sorry I'm putting you on blast. And what I loved is that, you know, I've I've only played um, Wind Waker from beginning to end. The other ones I just pick up here and there. I've never uh, beaten them. But seeing how puzzles have progressed through the different iterations to where you're using magnets and weapons that you find to like that are breakable. Yeah. But you still need them for this like one particular thing or you're. You know, you solving a puzzle here is connected to you solving a puzzle elsewhere. And it's just really cool to see how you have to break your mind um, in new and fun and interesting ways. So I, I commend it because I only played for like 15 minutes, but it was awesome. Yeah, it's a great game. So I was prepared to hate this game because I'm not a big Skyrim person. I hate weapon durability. The only game I've ever played with weapon durability that I'm like, Okay, I like this, is Diablo. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Because you can go repair it. You can fix it. You can get new ones. So me running around carrying carrying 20 sticks because a stick can't even do a full combo before it breaks. I was like, okay, all right now. However... That being said, it it wasn't as irritating with this game, and I and I understand like once you find the master sword, weapon durability is kind of gone. Um, but because I so so I paid a friend of mine five dollars to let me in because I know his roommate, and his roommate literally had just gotten in the mail, but then he had to run to the store. So I went over to my friend Mike's house and opened up his copy before he played it and played it for three hours. Um, so boundaries. I'm a get mine. You better get yours while it getting good. Um, so I played it, and it's very easy to get lost in. Like it is like it, it, the just the way the world is built. Everything encourages you to go out and explore. Yes, everything. Like you pick up a new item. Everything. Like I chopped down a tree. How many Zeldas in the past have you? been really frustrated at the obvious like boundaries you walk up to a cliff face and you think oh there should be something at the top of this this cliff 
I should be able to go up there and look at this. Mm-hmm. And you can't because they didn't build that into the game engine. This Or, or Korean of time. The, yeah. Oh, and it's Skyward also. I mean, they, they, they very much had that. And, and well past when I think a lot of games realized that's nah, kind of frustrating. This is the antidote to that. This is the ultimate no. You can go wherever you want. Anything you can see, pretty much you can go to. And the other nice thing about it, and then this is somewhat misleading, the promises, oh, well, from the very beginning of the game, you can basically go off. And if you can beat Ganon through some, however you figure it out, and you can do it, then you can do it. You can literally just go right to the end of the game. That's not quite true. There is a little, like, sort of newbie zone, you know, mini game thing you have to complete. But after that, yeah, you totally could go and try to beat Zan- uh, Ganon. You'd be crazy because you're going to get killed. The the <laughs> guardians, those are the things with all the legs and the shoot legs. Like those are terrifying. <laughs> they will one hit destroy you, and they can go anywhere. Like they they're mobile, and you just you, it, nothing is freaking me out more in a game recently than stumbling upon a guardian and just being like, oh my god, that thing has got its laser on me. I'm screwed. I drowned so, in a pond, and you can absolutely with a stamina wheel if you don't, you know quite judge the distance and i mean i have died more in this game i think than died in any other zelda or any other game i've played in a long time so it's 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 very much a yeah you're gonna make mistakes yeah you're gonna have to try things over and over again you just you just gotta do it so it's great it's really good obviously right now you can't play it unless you have already purchased it uh even the wii u version is scarce uh and the wii u's are scarce because you they stop making them and that's that's what's so weird is that i know someone who works at a GameStop, and people are buying Wii U's used, so they yeah. can play. Not, not even like used. They're just buying okay whatever they can whatever they so they home. can play Zelda. Yeah. But the thing is, those Wii U's are two fifty, and um, what like the Switch is three hundred. Yeah, this yeah. is what it just it baffles my mind. Like I, there are things that I desperately wanted to play. But I don't go out and buy the old system. Right. Just so you can is, play it. The last, out to pasture. The I last wonder, game on the system. Yeah. I wonder if... Well, no. Actually, I think it's not. I think there is at least some idea about the Wii U staying a viable system for some time. But what's weird is they aren't making them anymore. So people, the game manufacturers that are still putting those games out, like you'd almost think, why would you? Why wouldn't you just move to the Switch? But like when they pitched the Switch idea, they said, no, this isn't going to replace the Wii U. This is to stand alongside because of the the mobile you know, capability, mm-hmm. which is actually, I, when we were waiting in the doctor's office recently, I, I did bring it. And, you know, it's a little small. That, that tablet is certainly, when you take it out of the box, you're like, whoa, that's, that's a seven-inch little tablet. It's mm-hmm. kind of small. But, like, it's bigger than a 3DS, and the game looks beautiful on it. In fact, Still, yeah. the game, uh, well, Zelda in this case, like it has no frame rate issue on the smaller tablet, but it does have some frame rate issues on the full screen. But um, anyway, it's great. It's a beautiful game. So let's, let's uh, we'll leave it at that. And as more games come out soon, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this. And as more people get Switches, then we can... Um, Persona 5. Switch. Yeah. So... Oh, and we'll talk about one two switch later. That, that game is <laughs> interesting. Um, now I have not played Horizon Zero Dawn. The game sounds the, the title sounds a little too long for maybe what it is, but I don't know. I don't. I know little about it other than it's supposedly beautiful. Um, it is astoundingly beautiful. Uh, I got to play. Um, I got to fool around with it for a couple hours. Um, 
It was amazing. It's um, it's one of those. Um, it's so it's open world. Uh, you play a character called Alloy, and pretty much it's like the apocalypse has happened, and instead of the human race kind of re-evolving, uh, machines have. Oh yeah, I so know you, what you're talking about. So you've got so you've got machines that essentially are evolving like animals. Um, You've got um, you have these things called sawtooths, which are pretty much saber tooth tiger, tigers with buzz saws in their mouths. Um, the game's just astounding. It's it's open world. Your skill tree, everything in your skill tree is essentially you upgrading your weapons because even though everybody's kind of it's like caveman times, everybody has kind of this um, has this understanding of technology still embedded within them. So. Um, but pretty much it just revolves around Alloy and her going out and essentially solving what has actually happened to everyone and what's going on. But in her, in doing that, she's activating different creatures. Um, it's great. It's uh, honestly, I it's on my list to buy. But um, I'm about knee deep in a couple other games, and another one's coming out in April. So this one, this will probably be my summer game when nothing comes out. Um. Adding to that, I, I heard about that. I heard it was awesome. Totally want to give it a shot. Um, one, um, the expansion for No Man's Sky. Oh. Pathfinder oh. expansion. That's out? It's coming it, out? Yeah. So, huh. you know how I stood firm on my <laughs> rock and said that, you know, give it time. Mm-hmm. They're working out kinks. Like, they rushed it because it, it kept getting pushed back. They finally had to put out something. They did. People bitched. People moaned, complained. And now people are starting to play the game again yeah. and mm-hmm. download it because... Is it free expansion or does it cost a little bit? I think it's a free expansion. Okay. I think it's a free expansion. Yeah, I think it's, I think I have it's free. Because well, it's, it's an update. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah it's sorry. an update. It should, it should, it should be free then. Yeah. It's an update. Um, they're adding new vehicles. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, terrain vehicles. So you oh, can have oh. this, like, uh, Mass Effect huge... 18 wheeler like mining vehicle uh you can have kind of like a warthog-esque one uh that looks like a batman tumbler almost but not really uh-huh. where you can like uh fly through the terrain or you can hover and that will go across water in the third and final vehicle they um they've added a lot of cool things permadeath happened so like when you die, if you play permadeath, when you die, you're dead. Oh, yeah, and you over. lose everything and you start over. Oh, nope, never no. doing that. Um, oh, and so there, there's a lot there's a lot going on and I'm I'm super excited. I still don't have a PS4. Oh. But that's fine because I'm going to LA in a couple months and that's oh. what I need to focus on. After that, I will buy one. All right. Until then, meh. So um, we did find out recently, that actually this past week, Steven Universe is getting an RPG. Well, uh, it's so... So apparently, so they released one for mobile phones called Attack the Light, um, and it was it was really really good. Uh, it's very self aware. Like at one point, because Steven's kind of the support for the Crystal Gems, the Crystal Gems do all the attacking. Uh-huh. Steven does all of the buffs and everything. He's essentially a bard. Um, he makes mention of being a bard. Cute. Um, when he uh, he has a hamburger backpack, whenever he pulls an item out he's like hamburger backpack i choose you like quotes pretty much every piece of pop culture that exists um 
But uh, so the the mobile game was absolutely fantastic. I beat the crap out of it. Um, the uh, new game is supposed to be a full a full like regular turn based RPG um, for PS4. Um, I think Re- Rebecca Sugar's on board it with it and everything. Uh, so it's 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 excited. I'm excited for it. I know a lot of Steven Universe fans will be excited for it. I know Ron will be beyond ex- over the moon for it. Yeah, no, it looks it looks cute. Um, and uh, Overwatch uh, I, again. This is another thing. It's it's in my blind spot completely. Uh, and I, it sounds like it'd be tons of fun, but I guess there's uh, some big updates coming for that. Yeah. So um, so for those of you not playing Overwatch, and for those of you that want diversity in your video games, holy shit, Overwatch has that in spades. Um, but uh, they're they're uh, they're they're releasing a new character, and so when they do that, they kind of rebalance all the other characters. Um, the new character is Aresia, 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 um, who is a repurposed um, Sentinel drone that was um, rebuilt by this little girl in North Africa, um, and it's uh, she's supposed to be a tank character, um, but the the overall game um, it's it's just a multiplayer online game. It's Team Fortress Two. It's pretty much Team Fortress right. Two, and I love Team Fortress Two. So this looks like tons of fun. It's Team It's Team Fortress Two with better uh, representation. W- yeah, better representation, pretty much. Maybe. I would love it if they would actually build kind of a narrative behind it. Yeah, that's been my thing about these games because like, the narrative uh, behind it would be amazing because they touch on little story tidbits with the little like character reveal movies and everything. Uh-huh. But they, you know, it's it's Team Fortress Two. It's just kind of a yep. quick little get in, have some crazy fun, and yeah, be done. But well, the uh, new character should be dropping soon. Definitely one I'd like to try. Um, so we actually got a listener question. We had asked uh, a few episodes ago, and one of our longtime listeners, one we absolutely love, uh, Joel from Hi. Texas. Hi, Joel. Uh, at, I'm going to mispronounce it, Thespispunk88. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, asked a great question. We're going to play the question now because he sent us an audio file oh and then we're gonna answer it hey guys it's joel from houston texas uh thespispunk88 on twitter i had a question for you guys in regards to queer characters in comics who is your favorite character of can be recent or of all time who is your least favorite queer character in comic books and who is a character you'd like to see more done with? And if you have a particular idea for what you'd like to see done with them, whether it's them having their own book or like they should join a major team, I'd love to hear it. So Joel's question, it was really good. And I'm so like we talked about this years ago. I mean, this was one of those things way back. I think way, way back. We did like email questions. I think we may have done this then somewhat, but it, it kind of is the general catch all of, okay, queer characters in comics. There's great ones. There's some less great ones. And then there's just your preference. And then, like, you know, if we were a, let's say, Cena Grace, or we were a uh, Steve Orlando, or we were whoever uh, is writing gay characters, what would we do with them? Mm-hmm. Um, so so um, first first favorite gay character or favorite LGBT character in comics or queer character in comics, um, I don't know. I'm, I go back and forth. So I don't know if you guys have a definitive, like, your, your one favorite I, I do. Okay, you go first then. So my one favorite, and it's it's gonna come as no surprise. <laughs> it's Wiccan. Like I <laughs> I love Wiccan, and 
It didn't, get, people, it didn't get ruined when um, Josh uh, cosplayed him as him back way back. Remember that? No. Oh, okay. He was a fine Wiccan. Wait, was that Wic- Wiccans? Yeah, Wiccan, not yeah. Hulkling. I was confused. Um, I, I fell in love with those characters, especially because I was reading Young Avengers when I first started getting back into comic books. So, like, they're a series that I followed from beginning to end. Uh, it is, you know, ha- being a legacy character for Scarlet Witch... Also being a homosexual, it's like all of my dreams come true. Everything. Yeah. So he is he is my favorite. And even though this is sacrilege, I kind of want to see him not be with Hulkling. I love them together. Oh, no, I fully agree. I fully agree. I love them together. But, you know, them being constantly together, yes, going through some things. It's like every coming of age gay movie where you want them to be together, but that's not really, it's not, not really realistic. Life. Yeah, like you, you learn and you grow. Like ultimately, you can come back to somebody, uh-huh. but you know, I feel like they both need to do a lot of growing on their own, and that's what the Karen Gillan McKelvey run of Young Avengers was. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, he put them back together because the angry tweets that would have come. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to see a character or a couple like that broken up. So I guess my favorites are, um, and similarly so, uh, Apollo and Midnighter. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I love Warren Ellis and I love Grant Morrison. And they did very, and Mark Miller, um, all three did really great runs on this character. And then most recently, Steve Orlando has made an amazing Midnighter mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been keeping up as much with Midnighter and Apollo, although I did see at least one panel uh, suggesting that... Uh, well, actually, now twice they've suggested that Midnighter is the uh, bottom in the relationship, which is kind of you know great. Um, if you makes sense. if you remember that they are basically pastiches on Superman and Batman, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean they they broke those characters up for a while, and I know Steve uh, from his interviews was saying like, "Look, I'm breaking them up. It doesn't mean they're not going to get back together. I think everybody knows, and it feels like eventually they're going to get back together. But it's more interesting to tell this story where they're not together." And then show them coming back together. So mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy the arc of that immensely when in he did that uh, most recent take on the characters. And I'm also interested to see how Warren Ellis, in reinventing the world of the Wildcats and uh, the Authority and all that, I'm interested to see if he does anything with those two uh, mm-hmm. in that world. But I don't know what form that's going to take because that world is very, um, very different. Yeah. Very good in a different way. So, BJ, what about you? Um, actually, so I was torn. Um I was going to go with America. Okay. Um, oh, I do love America. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. was going to go with her, but I actually have to go with uh, my boy, the Daywalker um, uh, prodigy. Prodigy Daywalker! <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I liked, from the moment they introduced him, they introduced him in New X-Men, didn't they? It was the New X-Men? I think you're right. Um, yes. I was always interested like in his power, and then, like in in uh in that run of Young Avengers, where they they had him be a member of the Young Avengers, where he pretty much admits to himself that he's bisexual, and because of his powers, that's an avenue that logically has to happen to him because he gets everything that ever everybody's ever encountered. He gets everything. He gets all. He gets like his exact words is he gets like he knows all the X Men's favorite ways to wipe. So, <laughs> but nice. just the the idea that. There's, I mean, there's not a ton of bisexual super. I think Harley Quinn's the only one I can think of. Other, there's a few others. Are there a few? Yeah, others? No, yeah. but they're yeah. not. They're not a lot. You're right. There's yeah. a lot. And it's, it's. I and I just, Loki I like. Loki would be prominent. Loki. 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 Yeah. Um, 
But no, I, I love Pro- Prodigy and um, and just like him having to deal with the way he views the world with all the information he has kind of like stored in his brain, some of it useless, some of it kind of addicting and some of it that can affect his personality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things where and 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 I have a lot of friends that are bisexual. So it's really day walkers. <laughs> it's, it can be tough on them sometimes because because of how like the straight and gay community can potentially treat them. Sometimes. Right. Of course. Yeah. So. Um, so Prodigy is just one of those characters that like I've never disliked him. Um, I'm very interested to see where he goes because he's in uh, he's in uh, America's uh, solo series. Mm-hmm. It's at Sotomayor University. Sotomayor. That was that was really I, I laughed. That was great. And there's a map. Oh, I need to have a comic has a map in it. So we'll talk about that in a second. But um, least favorite uh, LGBT character or maybe most maligned. So you practically don't like it just because they're. Eh. I don't know. That's harder. I think. Oh, oh gosh. Um. It's probably Bling. <laughs> the bling? X, bl- the X-Men character. Yeah. Bling or Blink? Yeah. Bling. Bling. I don't even know who that is. It's... Uh, what, is this, a, this is a newer one, I'm she's, guessing. She's a, she's a relatively newer one. Okay. Yeah. And she's made of like this crystalline, like sort of diamond-esque... And her name is Bling? bling oh, my God. Yeah. And she... Yeah, she, I think she she's... I think she's a lesbian. I pretty much say that pretty much she she is a lesbian, but she just comes across as really like angry. Please don't write me. I'm, <laughs> I, please, I'm trying to I'm trying to put this as as best as possible. I I don't like that character. She just comes across as really like hard in a sense where she doesn't let anybody in, and and she comes across as like a brat. So like I've never really cared for her, and I'm just like oh good for you, but you. You you want all different types of characters across the spectrum, and you want to love some and you want to hate some. So I I like that we have a character that isn't likable. Yeah, but I yeah I just whatever. So blank. I got nothing right now. BJ, what about you? Uh, you know what? It's it's kind of tough because I don't. This like might, I, I want to make an unpopular choice. That's this, my problem. This might be sacrilege. Okay, good. I was going to go there too. Maybe. All right. Who? I initially, I like him better now. Initially, I did not like North Star. Okay. No, no, that's he is hard to like. Yeah, I, I just he's I, an asshole. Yeah. Which for a Canadian, even though he's French Canadian, right? That's surprising. He usually, I, not. I don't. I, I'm not entirely oh. like just no, nothing about him. Like, like my, one of my favorite moments involving Northstar is where they sent him to talk to Anol. Yeah. And oh, Anol laid, laid him the fuck out. And I was like, I want to I frame this. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, just like. Honorable mention to Anol. I love Anol. I, uh, I, I see. I liked Anol too. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, Northstar. I just, it's, yeah, he's kind of an asshole. <sighs> uh, like in every iteration of him. So I'm going to make a very unpopular choice here. But I, I'm going to preface this with. Uh, up till now, and up up until recently, mm-hmm. Iceman. You sir are alive. <laughs> I do not necessarily love. Not that he's gay. The way he has been portrayed, dealing with his gay issues. Now, uh, issues being gay. I will put a uh, asterisk next to that and say, up till Cena took it over in the annual that he did, and I hope, as he does the new series, that he sort of steers the ship into what I think is more of an interesting area. I did not what 
I did not enjoy Bendis. Wait a minute. Are we talking about young Bobby or both? Both. Okay. I'm going to go with okay. both. I think young is a little easier because the character is just, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm gay. Totally gay. I mean, he totally got called out on it by Gene. <laughs> but the way that the older character was sort of handled, that's also weird. And I'm again, I'm thinking because Cena hasn't really done anything with him yet. He's only written and the it, younger Bobby. And it does send a slight bit of a mixed message. Well, no, because older Bobby gets outed. Yeah. Like, we can I assume... I think both of them, though, kind of got outed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but, like... Young Bobby handles it a lot better than older Bobby does. Yeah. Well, of course, because I, he's not been in the closet as long, right? I, mean, I, I Yeah, and I think that's what it is. But, you know, we've all met people who who come out late in life. Yeah, of course. And they, I feel like that's what it is, but it's, it's hard. I mean, I... I came out super early, and by super early, I came out and then went back into the closet um, for, <laughs> yeah, I took the easy way, but I was young. I was going to a private school all by myself, like, Aww. but uh, it's, you know, at 18, I think I came out later, Yeah, late, and I know people who came out in their late 30s, sure. into their 40s, no, of course. And, and their lives are great now, but what I see is that struggle. Okay. Uh-huh. I just, but you're right. In some ways, it hasn't been handled well. And, and that's all I'm saying. And again, I have the utmost faith in the lovely Cena Grace mm-hmm. that this will be righted and things will be much better. Uh, we actually will be interviewing him very soon. Now, unfortunately, I don't think he's talk about Marvel stuff just yet because it hasn't come out. But mm-hmm. we're very excited about some of the stuff he's got coming out, which will be great. Um, okay, so, so that's my least favorite. Now, what will we have? If we had anything that could happen, and I'm going to pick a stupid one. Um, so I'm going to, or you go, you go first. Cause yeah, you, you should tell me what, what would, if you had your choice, any LGBT character or even one that's not necessarily, but kind of should be subtext wise, mm-hmm. what would you have them be come out, do join a team? Like what would be, you're the writer. What would you do? Um, and it could be on the ones you mentioned. So or, it would be, it would be a one shot. Okay. And it's going to sound one night only one night. Only. <laughs> it. And I thought about it when uh, the Young Avengers run with Karen Gillian McKelvey ended where they had that big party. Oh, yeah. Uh, that New Year's party. And so I would want to see all of these characters at Pride and seeing the dynamics. Aww. And, you know, like, of course, something happens and it's not like, you know, oh, it's just like there's a robbery or a big alien invasion and all these heroes band together, uh-huh. even though some of them don't like each other. Uh-huh. Some of them have dated and it didn't work out so well. Uh-huh. Um, and also seeing the characters like Prodigy that we haven't seen in a while or Stryker from uh, Avengers Academy, um, Ano actually getting to do something but just show up every oh. two issues, every eight to ten months. Like, I- I'd like yeah. to see what a superhero prod would be. I, I really love that idea. And Thank I think... Um, I would like to see like a team. Uh it didn't. I don't know that it worked great for A Force. It was great at first, and I think that yeah, like a, be, a limited it, run. Yeah, I think a limited run. Like a Defenders, where they come together to do something and then they yeah. kind of split up. Yeah. But uh, BJ, what would you do? So, I would see. I don't know if I would take a character like a pre-existing character. I would love to see as I would. I would love to see a series with an LGBT with a or actually. Here, I'll make it easier. I would love to see pretty much any of the gay characters we've witnessed like actually get into a relationship with a reformed villain. 
All right. I would I would love to see that. I would love because then you could have you could have the aspect of you essentially have a bad person. Yeah. Refor- like reformed or trying to stay reformed. So then you, so essentially you have like a gay person that is literally a villain. Yeah. That's trying to do the right thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you how do you come back from that? You should read Young Protectors. Really? Is that yeah. it? That is basically part of the core idea of that of that book. But I would Now this is not this is like an indie thing. Um we had the uh the guy who wrote these um Oh my god, I'm going to space on his name. Um, but basically, yeah, if you go back in the feed, we did an interview with uh, Wood. I can't think of his name. I'm terrible. Uh, I have no good memory. So, um, but that's it. There's an older gay uh, character who's a villain, and he basically kind of starts dating a younger superhero, and it's that whole dynamic of how do you and you know. and and actually, and I, it's I, ongoing. It's still going. On. Actually, I finally picked out the two I'd like to see pre-existing characters. I'd like to see Prodigy and Loki date. I would I would I would want to see it like that odd couple. Well, like just because like how like yeah I would I would like to see that especially since like at the end of Young Avengers Loki was like yeah I'm a shit you know I'm sorry but I'm not a good enough person to go and apologize for what I did and Prodigy understood him but then and then he was like so what you up to and Prodigy's like that's not a mistake I feel like making right now yeah and but I but I I like like th- that moment those two had at the end of Young Avengers I would like to see like a limited series of just the two of them Prodigy trying to it's help him it's just called Terrible Mistakes <laughs> <laughs> Alex Wolfson I apologize that name completely escaped me but thank God uh, we have a crack internet research team here hanging out Helping out. Um, so mine's going to be really stupid. I'm sorry in advance. But you, you totally inspired me. Oh, boy. The talk of North Star being an asshole Canadian absolutely made me want to see North Star go to a curling tournament. Oh, God. Here we go. And I'm going to tell Cena this because I'm sure he wants to hear what I want to see in X-Men comics. Oh, God. God. But I want to see. Listen, I want to see curling representation. That's I what I do. want. I know you do. But, I mean, it makes sense. He's a Canadian. It could happen. And I want it to be with some X-Men characters, his his husband. Like, I want to see that. And you can see them getting ready at home, <laughs> packing up. You just, they open the cupboard. It's like, oh, could you grab the maple syrup? And it's just a cupboard oh full of God. nothing but maple syrup. <laughs> and then they got the curling stones on their, you know, dining room floor or whatever. I mean, oh yeah. My God. Totally. Anytime they, and it's it's taken, you know, over the course of a week, you're just like, gearing up for the big game. And every meal they have, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is poutine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you can't eat that many meals out of that. This is song. deliciously absurd, <laughs> and I love it. No, anyway, so that's my stupid thing. I mean, it really is stupid, but it's, it thought it was fun. Um, so thank you for that question, Joel. If good. you have a question mm-hmm. for Flame On, you can record an audio segment. You can do it with your phone. It's really easy these days. Just send it an email to uh, questions at flameonshow.com. And we will possibly include it in an upcoming episode. Um, you can also reach out on social media. Of course, you know all this because you've been following us. But um, if you go to our flameonshow.com website, all the social media links are right there for you. And Pat did update this recently mm-hmm. with new pictures and bio, including BJ, who did get left out. I'm no longer the mongoloid hidden in the basement. It's so fun. Did you... I don't think you can use that term anymore. I can't? That's probably, probably not. Probably insensitive. I don't know. Well, I mean, hey, you did it. And I don't feel like, you know, I'm heartbroken. Quasimodo? 
but it's a fictional character. That might even be a... I don't know. I'm who no knows? longer ringing the bells in the Who attic. knows anymore? But we want to close out... Uh, we actually do comics. I, IVX just ended. I feel like we probably want to save some of that when we're a little more energized and we want to dig into what we loved or not. But we can also pair that up with the brand new X-Men relaunch, which is coming out very soon. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is that so, like a week or two or month? End of the month. Yeah. End of the month? Okay. Oh. So two weeks. X-Men Prime and Human Prime. Both of those come out the same day. So we can save all that for like one. Uh-huh. Also. All-star thing. When you're right, you're right, and I'll tell you you're right. Oh, I'm sorry. What? It. Did IVX. It, did it disappoint? It started out so well. So good. Those first two issues, winging for the fences, and then it kind of got lost in the sauce. The even. Like I don't want to be right about this. You know that, right? I know. Even the third uh, issue wasn't too bad. Exactly. The first three were fine, and then mm-hmm. it it got to the fourth one, and it felt like they just kind of were like, oh shit, we have to wrap this up. And make these both viable um, titles. So let's stop making them fight each other and start making sense. Mm-hmm. And the only thing, and I don't read Uncanny and Humans, uh, Maximus was the only one that like made sense out of the whole thing. <laughs> yep. Which is bizarre. Yep. He's like, all right, well, if we get rid of the cloud, we can just make new Terrigen crystals. That's the only, I was like, oh, oh well. Gee. That actually makes perfect sense. Why didn't we think of this before? Right? Like, thanks for mentioning that now. But the recipe was lost. Oh. But if Maximus could figure it out. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. I'm like, when you have an inhuman that, oddly enough, has all of their ancestors in his stomach, I'm pretty sure you could figure it out at some point. Legion? Oh, wait, no. Legacy. <laughs> Lineage. 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 One of those. Not to be confused with prestige. Prestige. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. So we're going to, we'll dig in a little bit more and we'll talk about the new X-Men relaunch uh, when it's closer. But um, yeah, I need to say I'm. Including the new, the new book that they just announced. Astonishing X-Men. Mm-hmm. Not oh. X-Force. I know. It should have just been X-Force. It really is just an X-Force book. Yeah. I like he's like, oh, we're the Leftovers book. <laughs> but there's some great characters in there. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that they're doing it. I don't know. Who's the writer on that? I don't remember. Oh, I, uh, I don't think they've announced it yet. They okay. did. Yeah. Um, no, they did, did with, they? The, with the title. Um, oh. it's not, it's not like oh, no, it's, uh, it's Charles Soule. Oh, yeah, that's sorry. right. Oh, because I want to hear, and I'm Charles Soule. If I ever meet you, you're a lovely man. I like your stuff. I don't want to read his X-Men book after reading IVX. I'm a little worried. I just hated that. The, the The one thing I'll say about it is I hate that by the end of IBX, it just turned into an Inhumans book. Yeah. Mm. Because like even the end of it yeah. was all from Medusa's point of view. And I read an article, and I forget which site it was, but somebody basically was kind of like, um, you know, it just kind of, it, it slammed home the fact that they really want to make Inhumans work and that Medusa got to be the pretty, pretty princess and was the, the one who just saved the day for everybody uh-huh. because you didn't know that for the last eight months this cloud has been killing mutants and then all of a sudden, oh, now you're going to be the one? Oh, no, I know what to do. Click. And it just, yeah. I, I, I mean, Medusa's kind of a shit sometimes, most of the time. So I, I think why they did it, not that I agree with it. I think why they did it is because Inhuman still needs the push. Like, it needs a push. They need to come out not being self-centered jackasses, which is but they what still they've always are. been. But <laughs> yeah. they still It didn't matter. And then on top of that, you, if they don't want to be self-centered jackasses, did you see what was on the counter 
in that final page is that fucking shard of Emma Frost was on the bar top. Oh, like I didn't realize that. There's yeah. still, because that little, ch- like, it chipped a bit of Emma off when she was strangling her with the hair, because mm-hmm. you, saw, you saw it fall to the ground. Yeah. And then in that last page, on that last picture, with Black Bolt I and Medusa, it's either. on the bar top. Oh. Didn't even And it's like, uh, oh. So, we have mixed feelings, to say the least. I think we're all not happy. Now, there were two books. I will pick two, I think, of the comics that we've just read in the last few months or weeks. Uh, you already talked a little bit, BJ. So, uh, America Number 1. Yes. Miss America Chavez. Uh, her own book, finally. Finally. I don't know the writer at all. Do you know who Gabby Rivera is? I do not. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of this issue. However... I am interested to see where they're going. Is it mm. going to be a sort of off-to-school Hogwartian sort of thing that she's doing? And where is this school? This is in the multiverse somewhere. I didn't quite catch like where um, Sotomayor University is, but yeah. I love that it exists. Like I love that they they had they brought her in. Like I love that. Um, Jade, I, Jade Sotomayor from RuPaul's Drag Race season one. No, the one that Rob always uh, or Chantal Roche always gets confused for. <laughs> oh. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's funny. Yeah, it doesn't really say like which, like what dimension. Just somewhere out another there. Dimension, another dimension, another dimension. Nice. Dimension, another wow. Dimension. I Very applaud you, sir. Inter- you mean it's it's intergalactic planetary? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I love that one of the, you know, one of the girls that runs the school introduced herself as the HBIC. Yes. Yes. I read that and I almost did like a spit take. I thought that was I funny. loved it. I love how like this book is fun and it has serious moments in it. But it's just it's a fun rap and it's it's what's hard for me is that Squirrel Girl isn't my thing. See, I was gonna say this is very much in the line of the same vein as Squirrel mm. Girl and Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the art style specifically. Un Unstoppable Wasp. I I don't like any of the Wasp's characters, so and it's not that that it's a bad character. It's just not for me. Right. But this is a book that I can really get behind. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of fun. Issue two, that cover is Lemonade. Oh, yeah. With Spectrum and Captain Marvel was, behind her. Yes. Like, get it in formation. Amazing. It, that cover is really awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited about it. That's where the hip hop variant cover actually makes sense and works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm very happy this book exists. Uh, oh, Joe uh, Canones did some of it. Oh, wow. Joe Canones, Joe Rivera, Paolo Rivera, and Jose Villarubia. So it's a, uh, uh, that's an all-star team of great artists. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. no wonder this book had such great pedigree. And from the sound of it, a very Hispanic Yeah. Team. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, very much so. So that's great. I'm, I'm very happy that this book exists, that it's called America Number 1, not Miss America Chavez Number 1. No. And then at the end, she punches a Nazi. And yes. not just any Nazi, she punches Hitler. So that's great. There's a little meta commentary there. I have a feeling. So the other book I will bring out, and I know, Oral, you you love this book as much as I do, uh, Flintstones, number nine. Mm-hmm. The uh, appliances have their day, The which is great. Like if Correct, you, don't play that. <laughs> if, you, if you are familiar with the Flintstones universe, and this is true from the, com, uh, the, it's the comic book, but also the cartoon, uh, the Flintstone appliances, the 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 bowling ball, the vacuum cleaner, like whatever it is, they're animals. They're 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 dinosaurs. They're little creatures, and um, Mark Russell has delightfully made their plight 
a focal point of the series. Mm-hmm. And it's They're never, the proletariat. They are very much the proletariat. Um, but they um, they get to go after... It, it, almost Toy Story-esque, they get to go after their fallen com- comrade and, and sort of rescue him, which is great. Um, the other thing I love, the, the Church of Vorp. Yes. <laughs> uh, basically, which is the prosperity gospel. Yes. Which yep. is... Amazing. By the way, fucking bullshit and does not actually have any biblical basis whatsoever. So the fact that Mark Mark Russell, who... I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the, his... Uh, his God, oh gosh, what God is disappointed in you? He did that retelling of the Bible from a mon- okay. He knows his stuff, like he knows his Bible. There's no question. He he went to, I, I believe I even read he went to like a, a parochial school background, like you know some of us have, and he he knows his Bible. And oh my God, that was brilliant. I mean, it's it's satire without being right on the nose. Like even the main political leader, he's based sort of on a Trump-ish character, but not just a Trump pastiche. Yeah. So it's timeless. Like this book, when this is done in issue 12, I believe, because they're, they're doing the, the next one, the... Snagglepuss? Yes. Which I am oh, I know. so yes. disgustingly excited for. If it didn't mean the end of the Flintstones by but him, I'd be more excited. I can, but... No, I can deal with that because if the Flintstones has to end and I'm getting... Snagglepuss as Tennessee Williams, yes. Huckleberry Hound as Faulkner in 1950s New York, during like going up against the House of Amer- Un-American Activities. Uh-huh. I'm about to lose my it's, shit. No, no, it's it's brilliant, and I'm so excited. But I again, if, if I guess if you have to pay a price, but um, but no, seriously, this is some of the best social satire, some of the best comic booking, uh, comic cartooning. Uh, Steve yeah, Pugh, absolutely. Who agree. Steve Pugh? I didn't ever used to be like a huge fan of his. Until this book. This book really has like opened my eyes to his his art. Um, and it, again, this is issue nine. They're all one and dones. They have built upon sort of a foundation. So if you go back in the beginning, it makes more sense. But you could totally dip in at any issue yeah. and get a sense for what's going on. So highly recommend that. Um, were there any other books that real quick you had uh, honorable mention? Uh, Royal City. Ah, that Jeff was very Lemire good. Book. Very good. Great. Uh, dysfunctional town. Dysfunctional family. <laughs> Um, there's some stuff in it that I, I won't spoil, but that has been fantastic. Also, um, shout out to Detective Comics because I just really enjoy that book. I've been loving Batman. Not so much Detective, but Batman, the Bane storyline. It's It's been great. It's been really good. It, for, for me, you like having that? Clayface on the team. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they Bat took away Woman. Tim Drake, but, you know, I love it. I love it. The only other thing I thought about mentioning is the um, honorable uh, or the the major reveal of the other Clark Kent in no. Superman and Action Comics. They did like a reborn crossover, mm-hmm. and it was a little disappointing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want. I don't even want to spoil it because it's really it, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that you, you you get to and you get to. But the last time his character showed up was I think during Grant Morrison's run, mm-hmm. and I much preferred that version. Which makes a lot more sense for Supergirl bringing that character back in oh. because that character was just in an episode. I did not know that. Well, there you go. And if you are following Supergirl, you might know who we're talking about. But if not, that's okay. All right. So we're going to end the show with what is um, our one-ups for the week. And we are talking Tripod this month. That is the TRY pod uh, social media campaign to promote podcasts and all podcasts not just ours i was called a tripod once you disgust me <laughs> seriously 
Wow. Um, so what we are going to do for our what is making uh, what is giving us life, not what is making us happy, or not what what we can't let go, which is another show I listen to. Um, <laughs> we are going to give our favorite podcasts as part of Tripod, and again, this is to expose people to new podcasts. It is to promote getting people just to know what podcasts are. I read in one of the articles about the Tripod movement thing is uh, Netflix for radio. If, mm-hmm. if you will, which Pretty is much. kind of a yeah. Yeah. cool idea. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, who wants to go first? Who has one show that they absolutely love and want to mention? I can do it. Oh, can you? It's very easy. Uh-huh. There we go. Oh, here we it, go. No, it's not. Oh. You must remember this, even though it's back and they're doing Dead Blondes, which is cool. Uh-huh. This one is very timely. It's um, Gayest of All Time with John McGovern, which used to be... Um, Gay Pimpin' with John McGovern when they were based out of New York. Yeah. I recently, due to two wonderful people in my life, had the ability to make a dream come true when I met Johnny McGovern and saw his uh, show with Lady Red Couture at the world-famous Parliament House Resort. Um, It was hilarious. They did a lot of um, really fun things that resonated with me, seeing... um, them do lip syncs and actual singing to like awesome songs like them as a like a duo really works um hilarious i got used as a callback and that was i was when that happened i my heart just melted i was like oh my god they could not have been more awesome so thank you thank you pat and brian it was it was a dream come true and for our listeners out there it was during the song gay questions so go listen to the song. Oh, my God. And then think to yourself, at what point did Johnny look at Oral and go, Oral, tell me. <laughs> I got gay questions. Uh, so that, uh, and that's, of all time. That's an extension of, like you said, his show in New York. So, yeah. I mean, it's been going for a while. But over, over a decade. You can jump in at any point. It's, a, it's very entertaining. It's not Hey Queen. So it's not just an interview thing. Like, uh-huh. it's them doing a straight-up oh, just okay. entertainment no. podcast. It's it's really... Uh, it's strong. Now, because he, he travels a lot, sometimes they're not as timely. You will go weeks, sometimes months without an episode. But when they come back, it's always a breath of fresh air. I've been listening since... Oh, gosh. 2000... 2008? When did, when did we interview him? In 2011? Uh-huh. I mean, we just started. We interviewed yeah, him. Yeah. So it is... It was... Uh, it no, was I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk over you. No, no, no. No matter what kind of day I'm having, if I ever am on my phone and I see a red one come up in my podcast app and I look and it's him, I... Everything is right for those, you know, like hour and a half to two hours. And if you're lucky, two and a half. <laughs> So, and I'm sure that's how you feel when we go two and a half hours, I hope. So, <laughs> oh yeah, my God. that's mine. That'd be great. Uh, BJ, what about you? I have two. Um, you get one. Uh, I'm just kidding. Well, so um, first is my dad wrote a porno. Oh, I've heard of I this. I have heard of this, yes. It this is... is, I can't listen to it when I drive anymore. Oh, really? Because I laugh so, I pulled over on the 417 for 20 minutes because I could not breathe. It is so funny. And um, they just wrapped season two. So it's just this guy whose father wrote a porno, who wrote a pornographic novel. And the, the, it was only supposed to be one season. Well, 
because he did the podcast, um, his dad's book sold moderately well. So his dad now has written a series called Belinda Blinks. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, Elijah Woods in an episode. Uh, they get a couple celebrities um, in season two. It is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I, c- I cannot recommend it enough. Um, you can get it off SoundCloud and I think a app called Acast. Um, but it is it is absolutely astonishing. And then a quick shout out to um, a podcast called Lore. Um, it is pretty much a historical reaccount uh, on folklore and horror. Oh, cool! Uh, the first the first episodes on vampires, and it talks about like it's a the guy that uh, does it the is a, is a historian. So he literally reaccounts the first documented stories of vampirism. Um, there's an episode on werewolves. There's ones on pixies. Mm. Um, there's an entire episode on uh, who's Eliza Dushku as she slays. <laughs> there's a uh, who do, uh, who was the guy that created the murder hotel? H.H. Uh, H. Wells. Oh, um, like he does an entire episode about him. Um, it is. It is really, really good, and it just got picked up for a TV show on FX. Um, so yeah, my dad wrote. So my dad wrote a porno for your funny and lore for your nightmares. Ooh. Pat. Well, the obvious choice is uh, NPR's "Ask Me Another," <laughs> because we love our friends Ophira Eisenberg and Jonathan Colton. Uh, they do a great show. It, it is a. Uh, it's not your traditional quiz show, like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is, where that's current pop culture, like in the news type of thing. Um, Ask Me Another is a variety, like a variety show with games, and it can cover all sorts of different things. And uh, they have some amazing guests. We got to see um, both Neil Gaiman and oh, Mike wow. Rowe as our uh, VIPs. They're very important puzzlers. At the two shows that we've gone to see, very lucky. Those are good. Those are good ones. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. We were we were extremely lucky. We met Neil Gaiman actually. Well, we met all of them. Uh, we met Art Chung. We met Ophira, Jonathan, and Neil Gaiman outside of uh, in the on the side street in New York City after seeing their uh, Super Week uh, show when we were up there two years ago, about a little over two years ago. And um, and then we did not get to meet Micro when we saw him. I was sad. When we saw the show here yeah. in Orlando, but um, Instagram. That's that. That's a huge, a huge one for me. And um, also our friends at Pop Culture Happy Hour, mm-hmm. because uh, Glenn Weldon, Mr. Glenn Weldon. <sighs> Let me tell you how jealous I was of Glenn getting the interview of Philip Pullman about the new uh, his Dark Materials. Yeah, uh, that was a great interview. Th- it was a great interview, and I mean, he. Totally, and I didn't know he was a big fan of this book series because it's one of my favorites. He totally had moments talking to Philip that I or Mr. Pullman or whatever that I would have had like if I had been interviewing him, like just that deep like reverence for like what he did and just that oh it it was a delightful interview and I was so jealous. You guys are doing an awesome job. I should have talked more about my podcast instead of just fanboying all over it. (laughs) It's a comedy podcast. No, no, no. no. He's a comedian. He does Hey Queen. He was on Ricky Lake. (laughs) (laughs) That's my addendum. And he's got gay questions. And he needs gay answers. I love that song. That was really good. I don't think I'd heard that or if I had it had been long enough I forgot. Yeah, it'd been like three years. Okay. Yeah, well, he just did a video for it. That's Which why it's kind watch. of come back around. 
Yeah. I still love his, uh, what was the talk nerdy to me? But it wasn't talk nerdy to me. It was, oh. it's his one that we Sexy interviewed. nerd. There Sexy nerd. Sexy nerd. So that, I had to go through the catalog. I, I was just like, boss about him? No. Something about fellas who like the fellas? No. Digmatize? No. <laughs> He's got some great Modified? songs. No. <laughs> and I got to pull those up and put those in my rotation because they're great. I think looking cute, feeling cute's my. Yep. That's, that's my going out song. I did enjoy when he would stop like singing the actual lyrics and would just replace the words with sounds. Yeah, like a trombone. <laughs> so my favorite show right now, and I got Pat listening to this. I don't know if he will be listening to more of it. Probably not. Oh, Missing Richard Simmons. <gasps> yes. What? So Dan, and I forgot his last name. He was a producer on The Daily Show. He does documentary film stuff. He's an interesting guy in his own right. Gay, has a husband, uh, really kind of sounds like an interesting person from just the anecdotal stuff he's talked about. He is... Taberski. Taberski. He is looking for Richard Simmons, but it's not just that. Pretty much everybody knows where Richard Simmons is, what they're trying to figure out through this show. And it's kind of like a mystery show. So think Serial Season 1. Yeah. Uh, other true crime-ish shows where there's a mystery. They're trying to find out why. He just fell off the map. He just, yeah. He, he lived such a life of helping people. Because everyone knows Richard Simmons is this workout guru, you know, sweating with the old, sweating to the oldies, deal a meal, all this crap. Uh, uh, larger than life character. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize, and getting what, down the pounds helped me lose sixty pounds one summer. Like oh. he, like seriously, yeah, really? oh, no, that. that's not a joke. Like, I didn't know that. Oh wow! And what was your cool down song? Um, the <laughs> Rose. <laughs> oh my god! Some say so, love. Geez. It is a river. <laughs> Sorry. We, we, need, we need to get you to go out to see Richard Simmons. So he basically just stopped. Three years ago, he just stopped uh, doing uh, not only public appearances and public whatever, he stopped doing his own exercise class called Slimmons. Slimmons, which he had he never 40 missed. years. 40 oh, wow. years he's been teaching at that class. And even though he was making a shit ton of money, he like there's a point in the like 80s and 90s where he, his VHS was the most sold VHS millions of copies Sweat into the oldies has made him millions oh my God. millions so the show is 30 minutes uh, each episode and it's Dan Taberski and his uh, his staff trying to find out from other people who know him why why did he do it why did he stop and try to also show a little bit of why Richard Simmons is this interesting person. It's not what you think. Like he's he's not only this larger than life person, but he's been helping people one on one, making relationships yeah. across the United States and probably the world to help people lose weight. And then just one day, like just done. Just he stopped. Just like the Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, William Belly's on it in the first letter or two episodes. Willem. Oh, sorry. Willem, Willem. Willem Belli. <laughs> Willem, sorry. Sorry, William. 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 Sorry, Willie. Um, no, so it's 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 been fascinating. And the most recent episode, they go to New Orleans and explore his roots. And his mm-hmm. parents were like basically carnival entertainer, dancer. Like it, it, he comes from a fascinating place. And it's just the more I hear this show, the more I'm fascinated by his 
like who he is yeah his life yeah so you know there's a it's equal parts you know so that's my my favorite podcast right now i mean i'm listening ask me another wait wait don't tell me all of pop culture happy hour Mm -hmm. same politics podcast from npr which is great the what's that other show uh the 538 podcast another great politics podcast i'm listening to uh code switch i love code switch on npr i heard that's great it's uh race and race relations really smart they um they did one on like the puerto rican diaspora and uh if you if if you are Caribbean of Caribbean descent, if your people have gone through a diaspora or you just want to know why, like, there's a huge Puerto Rican population in Holyoke, like, it is it is smart. I definitely recommend listening to Code Switch. That, that is another one on my list to, to check out. So, Tripod, share it on social media, hashtag Tripod, T-R-Y, and share your favorite podcast. It doesn't have to be us. We appreciate it if it's us. But um, just get the word out about podcasts because I think the more people who know about podcasts in general, they might stumble upon something like mm-hmm. we, we have yep. here. And if you like what we're doing, flameonshow.com, all our social media links are up there. Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, uh, whatever else. You know it. You'll find it. We love hearing from you, obviously. We've talked about this. So uh, we still don't have our saying to close out. We're still trying different things. Uh, BJ, didn't you have one that you were thinking about today oh well, I, see i forgot it already I, 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 it was too. something absurd and wonderful me, me too so it's okay i'll, I'll just I'll, I'll listen i i gotta go i'm literally late for a curling turn or not tournament a league so uh good curling good night flame on bye good night thanks for listening to flame on presented by nerdy show if you like what you heard please rate and review us on itunes like and follow us on soundcloud and audio boom or subscribe and stream on google play Flame On was created by Brian Pittert and is engineered by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. You can follow us at Flame On Podcast on Twitter or Flame On Show on Facebook and Tumblr. Or you might even see some of us on your favorite gay hookup apps. Just keep an eye out. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 